Hello, everybody. Welcome once again as we continue on in a series we're doing called Interfacing. And an interface, if you've been here, you know, is a way of connecting things. And part of our mission as believers is to help pre-Christians, which is what we decided we would call unbelievers, connect to the kingdom of God. And that we do this by being a people who are trying to live by doing the next right thing and also sharing the radical message of good news that we have in Christ. That those two things go together. That um, uh, the way we live is certainly an important part of it. It gives us hopefully a vehicle to speak from. But even more importantly are the words that we speak, the, the good news of who Jesus is and how he can change people's lives. And so we are, we're looking at that, and we've been looking at that now for the last three weeks. We're into week four. We're using as uh, the foundation for this entire series the verses out of 1 Peter chapter 2 uh, and verses 1 through 12. And I've sort of been breaking them down one or two at a time, and we spent some time talking about them. Last week we looked at 1 Peter 2, 3, and we talked about the... Uh, the goodness of the Lord, that the Lord was good and that living in Him and for Him and with Him um, should be a joyful experience, that the church should be a joyful um, expression of that life in Him. And we took time to do that last week. Uh, this week, we're going to move on into verses 4 through 6. And I want to talk about um, uh, today the, the idea of the, the way that you perceive your relationship with God um, and, and how that impacts everything that you do, particularly in this area of being an interface, but in all the areas of our lives. And, and we're going to be talking this week and next week about this, this idea in this subsection, um, and, and uh, I think it's really an important concept. I, I, I wasn't sure which way to go um, with it, uh, but I, I feel like the Lord would have us talk about this, uh, what we're going to talk about this week and then next week. And today we're going to talk about how precious you are to God, and then next week, we're going to talk about how precious Jesus is to us. Uh, and I said, I, I, I thought about going the other way, but I'm, I'm pretty confident that this is the way that we're supposed to go. And, and so we're going to be talking about that today, and I'm hoping that will really sink in this week, how much you matter to God. So that when we talk about how amazing Jesus is next week, you'll come from that perspective of, of the lengths that he's gone to to love you. So that's where we're at. You know, I always try and find a bad one-liner. I thought because a lot of this, you know, a lot of people go to the beach this day. It's like the kickoff of summer. So I, I, I got, what did the ocean say to the beach? Nothing. It just waved. I didn't say it was good. I just said it was there. Scripture reading is First Peter chapter two. Verses 4 through 6. says this, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Peter's saying here that Jesus is the living stone who was rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him. And then Peter goes on and he likens us to living stones that God is building into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. And we'll, we'll 
we'll develop that in the weeks ahead. But, but like Jesus in that thing, in that comparison, we're also chosen by God and we're precious to him. And that's what I think is so important that we get a hold of and allow that to really um, settle into our hearts and our souls about what that means, what that really means in our lives. And so the first point tonight is this, that God chooses you. God chooses you. Um, We talk all the time here at the Vineyard about living by trying to do the next right thing. And it's, it's also a really big part of being an interface. That, that somehow, in trying to do the next right thing, we're moving into the will of God for our lives. And that this way of walking with God just, just won't work if your understanding of how God perceives you is, is, gets, or gets twisted. And so you need to know that God chooses you, that you're precious to Him, that he loves you, and if you don't have that at some level in the core of who you are, this process of living by trying to do the next right thing falls apart. See, because if you, if you have this idea, and some people do, if you think somehow that, that God is out to get you, or that he's just waiting to pounce on every mistake that you make, and, and he's just ready to, to punish, and, and your perception of God then is, is off, and it's impacting the way that you live. And, and if you experience... If when you experience in life difficulties, if your first thought is that, that it's a consequence of something or that God is punishing you for something, uh, I'm, I'm saying that, that your perception is, is not where it needs to be in order to live this life. Um, because, you know, we live in a fallen world on a broken planet. We experience things. Now, certainly sometimes the mess we make has some blowback to us. But if everything that you go through, if your first sort of thought is, I, I, you know, I'm being punished or I've done this because of this or because of that, there's something wrong about the way that you perceive God and it will hinder you in the, um, in the process of living a life that God has called you to. See, you need to know that, that all of us will make bad choices. Um, and, and I, I, I never, when I say that, it's never like, it's not like I set out in the day saying, okay, I want to make some bad choices today, or I want to do it my way. Um, that's not my heart. My heart is really, I want to live for God all in. That's, that's I, I can promise you that's my heart. Um, but I will still, throughout the course of a day, make some selfish choices. Uh, I, will, I will do things maybe that I shouldn't do throughout the course of a day. I'll, I'll have attitudes that I shouldn't have. I will, I will um, you know, for a myriad of reasons, not, not live up to the life that I, I sh- probably should be living in Him. And if I have the thought that every time I mess up, God's just going to get me and punish me, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really start to withdraw and I'm going to um, uh, try and hide and pretend and mask who I really am. And when I do that, I lose my ability to really... Um, interface well and interact well with other people because I lose sight of who I am. See, the, the reality is I'm, I'm still a broken mess. I just happen to be loved by Jesus. Uh, and and I, I desperately want to live for him. I, I said that. I mean that. I really do. It's, it's in the fiber of my being is to, to really want to live for him, but I mess it up. And if I start thinking that it's all about, you know, uh, uh, punishment and, and uh, uh, all these things, I want, I, I'll begin to sort of hide 
my mess instead of dealing with it with the Lord. And so I, I have to have a perception of God that, that allows me when I mess up to go running to Him. Knowing that He loves me, that He's for me, that He's with me, and, and that He's always going to forgive me. Always. Always. If you ever have the thought that, that God won't forgive you when you go, what you'll do is you'll stop going. And so you need to know He's always going to forgive you. Does that mean we take it for granted? Absolutely not. That, that's a completely different situation. I don't take it for granted. I don't mean to. But, but I have to know that in the process of this life, in, in this walk that I'm in, and then yielding to the Holy Spirit and Him working in me and changing me, and I, over time there's, there's been definite change. I'm just not finished. But I have to know that in this process I can go to God at any time and I can just go run into Him when I've messed up and say, you know, Lord, I'm sorry. And, and know that he, he just loves me and he hugs me and he, he wants me to, to go and do better and he empowers me by his spirit to do that, to live by doing the next right thing. So I have to have this, this idea in me that he, he's chosen me to be a part of this whole deal that's going on. He's chosen you. He's chosen all. He's chosen you. He wants you on his team. You weren't just a, an accident. You didn't sort of sneak in. Uh, he chose you to be a part of this entire process. And so, uh, and, and he knows our mess, and yet he wants us in, and he, and he wants to continue to um, build us and grow us and use us uh, that we might experience life. See, the reality is, and this is the second point in your notes, is that you're precious to him. You are precious to him. And I want to just quickly look at two parables in Matthew 13 that are, uh, I think, make a great picture of this. And um, they're, they're two short, very, very short parables. One's about a treasure in a field, and one's about a pearl of great price. And I, I, I heard years and years ago, I heard um, John Wimber teach on these, uh, who was the, the, the guy who God used to start the, the vineyard movement. And uh, it, it totally changed my understanding of how God loves me and my perception of him in the process. And so these parables, you, I know you've, you've heard them. You're going to, as soon as I start to read them, you're going to have heard them. Matthew 13, 44 through 46. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Now, these parables are presented... There's a lot of PR words here, P words. These parables are presented in a parallel way, which means that Jesus presents these two parables to introduce the same idea. And so there's this this parallel teaching that's taking place. And these these parables are often used to talk about um, how a believer... uh, it impacts our attitude towards Jesus, that, that he's worth everything, that there's nothing more important or valuable than following Jesus. And it certainly has that meaning, and we'll talk about that next week. But there's another meaning to these parables that we need to understand in what we're talking about today. And, and this is what those parables mean as well. Little letter A in your notes. Um, you are the treasure in the parable. You are the treasure. Matthew thirteen forty four. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hid in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then his joy went and sold all he had and bought the field. And, and what you need to see is in this parable that, that Jesus 
is the man who found the treasure, which was you, and, and then he, he bought the field to get that treasure. Um, Jesus paid for all sin, for all time, for all people, so that he could get your sin for this time and deal with it so that he could have relationship with you because you're his treasure. It's you he's after in this life. He paid it all so he could have relationship with you. You're the treasure in the field. To Jesus, you are the treasure in the field and worth it all. He saw you and was willing to go to the cross for you because you were absolutely worth it to him. Everybody in the room, absolutely worth it to Jesus. So you're also the pearl. That's the little letter B. You're the pearl. He goes on in, in 45 and 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had, and he bought it. Now, the, in this story, again, Jesus is, is the pearl merchant. But, but, you know, when you think about a pearl merchant, you, and, um, that's different than you and I buying a pearl. A pearl merchant was someone who's, who understood pearls and whose life sort of revolved around purchasing pearls. He knew a good pearl when he saw one. I, I couldn't tell the difference between a real pearl and a fake pearl, personally. I'm just not, I haven't never figured that out. They all look the same to me. My, my wife can figure that out, but I can't figure that out. I, and I know you're supposed to take it and rub it on your teeth. I have no idea why. I don't know what I'd be feeling for anyway. So I might do that to look cool, and I'd go, yeah, that's, I don't know, real or fake, they feel something, I don't know. And then you could say the same thing about half my teeth now, real or fake, who knows? <laughs> I forget. Some of them are real and some aren't. <laughs> I, well, I don't know. But see, a, a, pearl, my, a pearl merchant, his, his life really is, is sort of a quest for, for pearls. That's, that's what he does. And in this parable, this pearl merchant finds a pearl so amazing that he's willing to give everything to have it. And here's the deal. Jesus is the pearl merchant, and you're the pearl. Jesus came, and when he saw you, he saw such beauty. He saw so much in your potential that he gave it all so he could be in relationship with you. You're the pearl. You're the pearl in that parable. You absolutely are. You're the treasure in the field. You're the pearl of great price. That's how he thinks about you. And so he, he's chosen you, and you're precious to him. Now, see, see, that understanding, if we really take that in, I believe that understanding will change the way that we view everything in life. I think it will impact everything that we say, everything that we do. It will impact the way that we feel, and yet we struggle with that. And, and we have to ask ourselves, well, what is it that keeps me from really just taking that in and living fully in that understanding that, that God is so amazing and he's chosen me, he's chosen you, and he thinks of us as his treasure and as his pearl of great price. Well, what is it then that keeps me from really experiencing what that means in my life? And here's what happens. There's that we have a very real enemy who wants to keep us from experiencing the full and abundant life that Jesus came to give us. There's a, there's a verse uh, in John 10 that says just that. The enemy, the thief, has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. And so we see this dynamic at work. We have a very real enemy who does not want you to experience life. And so, so this is the life that Jesus has for us. We're his treasure. We're his pearl. He's paid it all so that we could be in relationship with God. 
And yet this enemy, he wants to steal that from us and he uses tricks because he doesn't have much. Everything got, he, he got pretty much decimated at the cross. He got most of his stuff yanked out at the cross. But he's left with lies, deceits, and deceptions. And, and two that he loves to use on the children of God are guilt and shame. He loves to use guilt and shame because he's successful when he does it. And, and see, guilt and shame, if we allow them to, will keep us from experiencing the life that we're called to and it will keep us from being the interface that we're called to be as part of our mission. Uh, and it will just miss the life that God has for us. And see, the, the reality is we are all broken. And God knows that about us. But he loves us still. We're still, even our brokenness. See, we don't have to pretend. Even in our brokenness, we're still his treasure. We're still the pearl of great price because he sees the beauty of our potential. Fascinatingly, he sees us in the perfection of his son. And, and so this whole deal is about his grace and mercy. And it's not, it's not conditioned on our performance, which is what we're so used to. And that's a really good thing because I've already told you, I don't know how many times, our performance isn't up to snuff. None of us is. We just can't make it that way. But he loves us. And knowing that he loves us, if we'll, if we'll just drink that in, this idea that we're actually the treasure and the pearl, um, will help us to deal with guilt and shame so that the enemy can't use it against us. And, and that's point three. You know, get free from that guilt and shame trap that so many people struggle with. How do you get free from it? How do you get free from, from this trap? And, and it's, it's really uh, fairly straightforward. And yet we struggle at this point because we're so conditioned to performance. Um, what we do is we confess our sin. We confess it. We get before God and we admit our brokenness, which he's already well aware of, um, and we talk about our, our weaknesses. We, we, we confess to him our, our struggles. We confess to him our selfishness. And yet, hearing it all, he still loves us just as much. It never changes. It never diminishes. We're still his pearl. We're still his treasure. And, and this idea of... of con- see, it's such a... I, I just don't think we can actually comprehend how amazing it is this deal we have in confessing our sin and what it means. The word in the Greek is, is homologeo, which means the same word. And so confession isn't, isn't, and I've said this, it's not just going to God saying, you know what, I'm never going to do that again. Um, confession is more than that. It's the, homologeo means same word. Uh, it, it's, it's in effect saying, God, you're right, and I was wrong. Your word is right, and I was wrong. That's confession, and there's so much power in that. When we get before God and just are completely honest and open, Lord, I've blown it again because this is what I did and this is what your word said I should have done and I did this anyway and and it's it's my brokenness and, and, uh, you know, there it is. And and the Lord is so amazing and that he just continues to love us. One of my favorite verses, I'm going to talk about this verse more next week, this was one of the first verses I ever memorized as a brand new believer. I used, to, I used to have to just stop and think about this verse a lot when I first got saved. First John 1 John 1.9 If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us or cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's an amazing verse. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just. We're not, but He is. And he'll forgive us all of that mess 
And not only that, He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. When you get a hold of what that just means, He takes it all away and there's nothing for the enemy to have left to work guilt and shame in. There's nothing there. Because it's all been cleansed. It's all been dealt with at the cross. He went and paid the price fully. Because you were the treasure in the field. You were the pearl of great price. He saw you, sees the beauty of your potential, looks right through all that mess and sees right to the core of who you are and he just, He's just amazingly in love with you. And He'd do anything for you. He already did. He, that, that's the point. That's the picture. So, you know, even though, even though we know in ourselves we're broken, and even though when we mess up, we think, oh, I can't believe it. Uh, you know, or maybe, I don't know how you think about it. I, I, you know, for me, it's like, ah. Oh. Um, he loves us, and he doesn't want the enemy to be able to use guilt and shame against us, and so he forgives us completely and totally. And because he wants us to have full and abundant life. Because it impacts the kingdom in every, in every way, beneficially, when we start to get this. Because when we, we understand that we're free from this mess, even though we're still broken, we're, we're, we're free from it, we can really begin to experience life in a way that makes a difference in the world around us. And, and we can access the presence of God. Hebrews 10, 22. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. Because it's all been dealt with by Jesus, our great priest, we have access to God and we can live this life out in Him. Even though we still mess up, even though we're broken, we don't have to pretend, we don't have to hide, um, we, we, we don't have to, you know, feel all guilty and ashamed. We just go to Him with our mess. We say, Lord, you, you are so right. I was so wrong. And, and he just loves us. And really, it's, it's like, you're my treasure. Uh, you're precious to me. Just go, do the right thing. I'm with you, I'm for you. Always. And I always will be. And, and so it, it allows us to, to draw near to him at any time. See, we've been, we've been forgiven, we've been cleansed, and, and God sees us in the perfection of His Son, and He sees you as purified and lovely. You're His child, you're His beloved, you're His treasure, you're His pearl, and, and, and never let anything steal that away from you. Never let any brokenness, never let any guilt, never let any shame, never let anything that you've done that you know you shouldn't have done, never let it rob from you the understanding that you're still his child, every much, every ounce, his child and his treasure and his pearl, that you've been chosen by him, that he wants you on his team, that he'll never regret that decision. He chose you on purpose because he loves you and he sees all of you and he wants relationship with you forever. And, and in that understanding, it allows us to be the interface that he's called us to be and to experience the life that he wants us to have in him. My prayer is you'll take that in this week. Because next week when we come back, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use some of the same verses, but I'm going to talk about how precious Jesus is. And, and holding these two things in context will really change the way that, that you, I, I think, see how we walk through this thing and how we impact other people, the way that uh, Peter talks about in the second chapter. So just dwell on those things this week, that you're his treasure, that you're his pearl, and allow that to become the center of, of where you live, and the understanding of, of God's perspective of you and how you perceive your relationship with him. This is where life is found. That's good for today. If you're watching on TV or video, thank you. We appreciate you spending the time with us. We know how valuable your time is. We'd love for you to come and visit us sometime. Uh, if you can... 
If you need prayer, go to the website, and uh, there's a prayer page there. Send us a prayer request, and we'll be praying for you. God bless you. We hope to see you soon.